You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, Pete Hoffman has a different number one. So the floor is yours. After you're done, I'll tell you where I rank that game because I have a ranking system. But I'm curious. If it wasn't game seven of the 2006 NLCS, what was it? It's got to be 2007. It is 2007 because, like you said, the hope was there. We were a hit away from going to the World Series. And it felt like everything and more was going to be back with 2007. That The team was there. And they were there. With 17 games left, the Mets were there. We had the division, and we should have had an easy ride. And then the collapse happened. And you talk about, in real time, a one game where you're, you're, you're pulling at your heartstrings, like left and right. This was 17 games of ripping out your hair and then going to game 162 after you just had a John Main go seven two-thirds, no-hit ball, <laughs> you know, Reyes get into the little fight the day before, you know, it just everything was just like, this doesn't feel right. Why are we messing around? Like, let's take it a little bit more serious. We're getting under Jimmy Rollins' skin. I think that was the start of Jimmy Rollins starting to, like, really hate New York. And it just, when Glavin gets you and I know it just happened in one in the first inning and it was over, poof, like that. But then you had to sit there and marinate for the next eight and a half innings of like, we just not only blew the division, blew the playoffs. What are we? Like, this was a team of, of like you said, if we were playing the Detroit Tigers, maybe win a World Series. Dynasty? Is that, we're not, we're not going to make the playoffs? So there was a lot to deal with for 17 games and that final game, 162, it just, you got to sit there that much longer. It was, I mean, I agree with you. This was one of the worst three-hour experiences one can have because, like you said, when you give up seven runs in the top of the first inning, the game is over. Uh, they had, what I remember about this, and I always think this way with baseball, whenever you give up a crooked number in the top of a first inning, I always think to myself, hey, if you could get three back right out of the game, I'd ask the whole thing back. If you can get three back in the bottom of the first inning, you have yourself a baseball game. And that's always the way I looked at it. So on this day where Tom Glavin gives up seven runs in a third of an inning, I mean, the worst performance you could ever imagine. He came into this world horribly, opening day against the Cubs in 03, got booed off the mound. He leaves this world horribly, getting booed off the mound, a third of an inning, seven runs. He had some good moments mixed in, don't get me wrong. Tommy Glavin wasn't the worst Met ever. He wasn't the greatest Met ever, but he wasn't the worst Met ever. But he couldn't have sandwiched it with two worse, more pathetic starts, opening day 03, 
game 162.07. He comes out of the game. Jorge Sosa comes in, the immortal Jorge Sosa. Makes it worse. They're down 7 nothing. But in the bottom of the first inning, they put guys on base. And I remember thinking, this game's not over. Like, as bad as this is, and I think at this point there was still a little bit of trust for this team because even though they had blown the lead, you know, they had come back, like you mentioned, the day before with the John Main performance. There was still that hope that they'd find a way. And they got a run back on a wild pitch. And it was 7-1 with bases loaded and two outs. And the batter hit one to the warning track. And that batter was Ramon Castro. And it was caught by the left fielder. And that was it. And then they were dead. <laughs> I mean, because then they had rallies. Don't get me wrong. They had guys on base. But you just knew they're dead. Like, they needed. And look, Ramon Castro, it's one of the warning track. That goes out at 7-5. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy crap. They'll be able to come back. But once that ball was caught, it was, it was a three-hour funeral. It really was. It was a just a three-hour, I can't believe this really happened to us, conclusion of the season. And it was bad. But I'll tell you this, Pete. You have it number one on your list. I have it not even number two. Not even number three. Not even number four. The conclusion of the 2007 season on my list, everybody's different, is actually number five. There are four other games besides 2006 that I would deem, or three other games. I'm doing my math incorrect. It's fifth. So three other games and 2006 that I would rank as worse. Uh, Was there a lot of tweets about 2007? Was that another popular pick amongst our peoples? I, I, I think it goes, if I'm correct, 2006, not 88. And then I think 07 is the third. I, that's what I got the feeling. You know, again, some 73s in there. And there's one that we haven't discussed yet that that's kind of in there too, but not as much as I thought thought it should be. And I think that's what, that's going to be top four for you. Well, I want to connect it then because I'm going to give you the, the, the game that to me is number four on the list. But, so it's slightly ahead of 2007. But to me, in the moment, may have been one of the worst losses of all time. And I think as time has gone by, and I've had more time to think about it and digest it. I've moved it down a little bit because it was still just the regular season. And that was the following season, 2008, the closing of Shea Stadium in game 162. I would argue with you about this. I mean, argue. It's our own emotion, so there really is no argument. I think 2008 was far worse than 2007. I really do. I think it was worse. I think it was worse in the moment. I think it's worse now all these years later. Uh, the games are completely different. But I, I'll never forget the feeling of they're doing this again. Like, how is this effing possible that everything to the letter is occurring the same way? Lose on a Friday night to the Marlins, win some kind of crazy, amazing, awesome pitching performance on Saturday to then lose game 162 to the Marlins. And then you top it all off with the closing of Shea Stadium. And a lot of people to this day give the Mets crap for what they did, and how could you close Shea Stadium after a loss? Just hear me out on this. It sucked. I cried that entire time, the combination of sadness and the combination of nostalgia. But if they had won that game, if Scott Schoenweiss isn't giving up back-to-back home runs to freaking Wes Helms and Josh Willingham, and the Mets win that game, don't you think the timing of the ceremony is the most ridiculously awesome thing you've ever seen? 
Oh, that would have been better than a, a World no, I can't say that, better than a World Series, but better than making a World Series run, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, because you have to think about the the, the making the playoffs, victory, get, clinching the playoff spot, and closing the stadium or closing the regular season. I mean, that 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 is epic. So they lose, and now we're all stuck there like in a jail cell to watch <laughs> this ceremony while we're bemoaning the fact that the team lost. Yes, it's awful. It worked out terribly. If they do it pregame, like, because I heard people, ah, do it pregame. I don't think it has the same effect pregame because you're not closing the stay. The, game, the game's about to occur. So I think it was just a gamble that the Mets took that backfired in a major way because of the fact they lost the game. But if they win the game, no one would have wanted to have left anyway. It would have been like, this is great. Let's party. Ah, it's fantastic. So I think the Mets and the Wilpons, because the Wilpons get heat for this, and I'll give the Wilpons a ton of heat. How about the fact that their parting gift to us was not re-signing Zach Wheeler? Let's start with that mm. gift. And now we're watching his ass dance in the World Series. But mm. I always thought that the Mets get too much crap for that. It sucked. Don't get me wrong. I just try to be fair and say it could have been amazing if they won. Now, the game itself was just. That was another one of those games where it isn't a slow death because they definitely had a chance to win. But there's a moment in this game that bothers me because no one remembers it and they only remember the bad. And it's not his fault they lost this game. And it's not his fault that the team choked, essentially. Though this season wasn't as much of a choke as it was just losing a pennant race. But the New York Mets are down 2 nothing in this game. Oliver Perez started the game for the Mets that day, and he gave up two runs in the sixth inning. So the Mets are down 2 nothing. It's the bottom of the sixth inning. And now we're all fearful. Oh, my God. They're going to lose. They're going to miss the playoffs again. And just for the record, if the Mets had won this game, there would have been a play-in game to make the playoffs. So they would have not been guaranteed a playoff spot. Uh, they were tied with the Milwaukee Brewers for the wild card spot at the time. There was only one wild card. And the Brewers won that game. I think CC Sabathia pitched. So if the Mets had won, there would have been a one-game playoff with the Brewers. They were not automatically into the postseason. And by the way, in 07, there would have been a three-way tie for a wild card and the division. So it would have been nuts, but that's a little bit different. Just perspective on it. So they're down 2 nothing, bottom of the sixth inning. And here comes that guy. That guy who is treated as a pariah. That guy who is considered not clutch because of one at-bat. But in my, my money was the most clutch met during that era. And that's Carlos Beltran, who hits a game-tying two-run home run in the sixth inning to make it 2-2. And I turned to my dad after he hit that home run, and I said, they may end up building a statue for this guy. My famous last words. Now, not Carlos's fault because he had a home run and I think in his next that bad drew a walk. So it's not as if he contributed in any major way to them losing this game. But the Mets offense did nothing. Scott Schoenweiss gives up those back-to-back home runs in the eighth inning. Tip your waitress. The freaking season is over. But it's forgotten about. Now, for any Met fan who to this day says Beltron never got a big hit, either you're a liar or you're an idiot. Because he got a ton of big hits. We just don't remember them sometimes. And that two-run home run that he hit against Scott Olson and the Marlins in game 162-2008 counts. But I thought that game was worse than 07. Not just closing Shea Stadium. Obviously, it wasn't the same collapse as 07, no doubt. The collapse 07 was worse. 
08 was more, they lost the pennant race and they had no relievers left by the end of the year. But there was so much deja vu, so much, they can't be doing this again. This can't be happening again. And the whole freaking weekend was that. So in the moment, the devastation of watching Shea Stadium close down and watching the Mets collapse again, I tell you, in the moment, that was as bad as it gets. So this is why I, I, don't, I didn't put uh, 2008 as high. Let me so double check where I put it at. I put 08, to be honest with you, at cause 73 and 88 like you did. I, I didn't really count. So um, I put it at 7. Because I think for me, it I, I'm not trying to be a bitter person or this pessimist, but I just felt it coming. Like even <laughs> though with Yo, even with Johan being the stud that he was, I just felt like we were something short, and I, I felt like we already started getting a little like tired of like a Carlos Delgado wasn't really into it as much. I'm not sure if that was the year he put away his notebook. Remember when he stopped writing his? He, he would log every single at right. bat. He stopped logging at bats at one point. That with the Mets, I'm like, oh, this is this is definitely not a good sign. Um, I think our catcher wasn't Laduke anymore. It was like what Brian like, Schneider. Um, yeah, he sucked. So there was already things. I'm like, we're 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 like we're not upgrading anymore. We're just kind of like trying to stay pat. That wasn't good enough, and so I kind of already felt like this is not the same team that's going to get us where we want to be. So I kind of accepted it earlier. And the fact that we were in it so long and collapsed the same way, yeah, it hurt. And, right, listen, no one's going to take away the fact that we're closing down Shea Stadium in that that form. It was terrible, but I, I think I had already lost it <laughs> well before 162. I get you. I, know, you may, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't feel the same way, but I totally get it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So for me, I had 2006 number one. I just gave you 08 was 4, 07 was 5. Let me get to 2 and 3 on my list because they were interchangeable. Uh, at a really difficult time because they're so similar. They're, they're, you know, we talk about 07 and 08 being similar in terms of game 162 against the Marlins, not making the playoffs, all that. These two, I can't get over the similarities. And after game one of the 2015 World Series, I knew, I said, this is, we just blew a game in the ninth inning. We lost in extra innings. Oh, my God, where have I seen this before? And everything about the loss in 2015 reeked of 2000. Now, there's one huge difference, which a lot of people want to remind me of, and that is you lost to the Royals. You don't know any Royal fans as compared to losing to the Yankees. And obviously, I get that. And that's the tiebreaker. And that's, to me, why 2000 gets the number two slot. 
and 2015 gets the number three slot because there's no other way to break that tie. I would say that the older I've gotten, the more they actually hurt, which is weird because I also could take a step back and realize it's just sports. I'm lucky. I have a great family. I love my wife. I love my kids. So obviously it's easier, I think, when you're an adult to realize it's just sports. As much as we love it, we're passionate about it, we talk about it, uh, you know, you get health scares. It just reminds you that all this stuff is the toy store. This is the stuff that matters. And so that helps in a major way remind you how really what sports is. But I also think as you get older, you start to think to yourself, I'm never going to see my team win. Like the more time that goes by, you you kind of think there's no guarantee. And so I think in 2000, when I'm at the age of 17 at the time, as bad as it is, there's hope of, I got a lot of time. I'll see him win eventually. When you lose in 2015 and you're 32 years old, it's a little bit different. There's a little bit of, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ever going to see this team in the World Series again. So I think from that perspective, 2015 is worse. But the tiebreaker is that when the New York Mets lost game five of the 2000 World Series, which is a bad loss no matter how you cut it, okay? That could be a regular season game, and the way you lose that game is brutal. You know, Al Leiter is basically leaving his soul on the mound, pitching into the ninth inning. Uh, The Mets had an early lead. The Yankees tied it in the sixth on a home run by Derek Jeter, that son of a bitch to the Yankees starting a two-out rally in the ninth inning against Al Leiter, and Luis Soho, of all people, hits a goddamn roller that rolls 88 times before it nestles into center field. Like, that's a bad loss. And then the the moment of Piazza hits one on the screws, is it a game-tying home run? Oh, wait, no, it's not. And it's in the glove of Mariano Rivera. That's all bad. But the ultimate is leaving that building. The ultimate was, and I, I, I'm not going to do the sound again, but I did imitate the sound on Carton Roberts a few months ago of this woman who sat next to me who was a Yankee fan. And I think I can be more uh, rated R on a podcast. So if you're a child, maybe hold your ears for a second. I'm giving you this warning. The woman was orgasming, orgasming, orgasming. Is that how it's said? Orgasming. Yes, it's orgasming, my my friend. Yes, I'm so really like we're rookies at this. I'm so really accomplished (laughs) it. I don't know how to say. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, so that's how it sounded. I mean, it sounded as if she was being pleasured. It was crazy, and so that sound is in my head as I'm trying to get the hell out of Shea Stadium, and Yankee fans are celebrating, and I don't listen. I don't begrudge any Yankee fan from celebrating. You won the World Series. You won your third straight World Series. And you did it in a rival, if you want to call us a rival. You don't have to. A rival's building. So I don't begrudge any Yankee fan, but leaving that environment is the worst. Like, there is no... I could could literally make it number one just because of that. Because when I'm leaving Game 7 against the Cardinals, you can hear a pin drop. When I'm leaving a few weeks ago in 2022... We're just cursing people out. But when you leave and the Yankees are celebrating a World Series in your building and you know you got to go to school tomorrow where 80% of the kids are Yankee fans, you know what? The more I talk about it, F it. That's number one. 
I know there was an acceptance. Ah, they're down three games to one. The series is over. You never really thought they were going to win. But I, you know, I don't think that way. You know, I, I never, look, the Nets were just down 3-0 to the Celtics. I didn't walk into the building in game four accepting defeat. I, I was into every second because you just hope maybe this is your year to shock the world. 2015, don't get me started about this one. 2015 game-wise was worse. Here's why it was worse game-wise. You're winning 2-0. In fact, you're winning immediately because Curtis Granderson did the Lenny Dykstra or the Jose Reyes in game six. He hit a lead-off home run, which has happened a couple of times in Met history. I just told you a few of them. Len Dykstra, Jose Reyes. He hits a home run. They're up one nothing. They get another run later in the sixth inning on a Lucas Duda sack fly, and Matt Harvey is magnificent. He is magnificent. Everything you dreamt of from Matt Harvey was occurring that night. And what was really cool about Matt that night is he didn't dominate. Like Maybe your memory will tell you something different, but he didn't dominate that night. He only pitched two, one, two, three innings that night. But he got himself into trouble, and he would get out of trouble. He struck out the side in the fourth inning. That was a one, two, three inning. And he actually pitched a one, two, three inning in the eighth inning, which is a big part of why Matt came out for the ninth inning. Now, for anyone who was in that building with me that night, and I don't think anyone would remember sitting next to me that night, but my wife was and my dad was, they would know that I very passionately was not a fan of Matt Harvey pitching the ninth inning. And there were a few reasons why I felt that way. I wanted to give Jairus Familia a clean inning. He had come in in the middle of an inning uh, the night before. So number one, I wanted the closer to have a clean inning. And number two, I thought we got it all from Matt. I thought he was great. And I think that was it. Now, usually I'm a guy who wants to push a starting pitcher a little bit more. At that point, he's thrown close to 100 pitches. He just finished with a one, two, three inning, maybe left and emptied the tank. The heart of the order is coming up. I did not want him out there. Now, when he came out there and the crowd was electric, did I join in and cheer? Of course, I'm cheering because I want him to shut me up. When he walks Lorenzo Cain, though, he has to come out of that game. I'm sorry. And that's why unforgivable is a very strong term to use. But I don't know, man, Terry, Terry Collins, he had his moments here and he was the manager of a team that won a pennant. And I'll always appreciate that. And he's a good dude. I got no ill will towards Terry Collins. But that freaking move is unforgivable. I'm sorry. You cannot let him face Eric Cosmer with a runner on first and eventually a runner on second because Kane stole second base. Not that that mattered because they had a two-run lead. And by that point, and this is what killed me, Jairus Familia comes into that game, right? What does he do? Let's remember, what does Jairus Familia do now with a runner on second and nobody out with a one-run lead? He gets a ground out from Mike Moustakis. It advanced the runner, but he got a goddamn ground out. He's a ground ball pitcher. He did his freaking job. Now he's facing Salvador Perez. What'd he do? He got a ground out. He got the job done. And Duda made the terrible throw, but Familia got the job done. And then what'd he do against the next hitter? He got a ground out. And what'd he do in the 10th inning? He pitched a 1-2-3 inning. The guy did the freaking job. 
but because the manager left Matt Harvey in one batter or maybe two batters too long, it didn't matter that Jairus Familia did the job. And that's what pisses me off. And that's what pissed me off then. So maybe from a game standpoint, it is 2015. Because then we sit there for three death innings of just death because the Met offense was limp. They couldn't do a freaking thing. And we had to watch like surviving the 11th inning with uh, John Neese pitching and then the out and out implosion in the 12th inning. And that's what it was. A guy no one's ever heard of gets a game-winning hit against you, and then they pile on. Acetas Escobar gets a hit. There's another error that Lorenzo Cain double. And now I'm sitting at City Field knowing it's over, and the only people left are Royal fans. So it felt like 2000 all over again. <laughs> Wasn't quite 2000, but you know what I mean. So from a game standpoint, I mean, they're both pretty crappy losses, actually. <laughs> they're both pretty freaking so, bad. So I, I, I was not in the stadium for either of those, those games. Um, I will say I had the 2015 as my number five and the, and the Yankees series as two thousand uh, as number four, and the reason why I'll say they weren't higher. There's one other one other season that we will get into in a little bit. Um, here's my thing, though. They were in the championship. They're in they they had an opportunity. You you know whether you blew it, whether it was home when they when they ended up losing, you felt like they had they had the opportunity, and especially 2015, you. Again, from Sandy Alderson's words himself, 2015 was never supposed to be a contending team. It was 2016 and beyond. 2016 was going to be real contenders. They got lucky in 2015. And that's what sucked about 2015 is I didn't get to enjoy the ride as much because I didn't believe in this squad. And I really kind of wasn't supposed to because they always said 2016 is really we're going to make a real deep dive, (laughs) bring in some more people. And, and and take a real run for this. We're still in the rebuilding mode. So that's why when 2015 ended, I wasn't like, I was at that 2006 feel again, just without going to the World Series. We, we were in World Series in 2015, but I felt like we'd be back again. That's why but I felt like, like. Didn't 2006 teach you that lesson that you can't expect that? No, but it, but but that but but management was telling us that they were going to go for it in 2016 was going to be the year. So the fact that 2015 was put together and kind of like <laughs> glued together or taped together, what duct taped together, whatever you want to say, we got lucky with Cespedes. He basically carries for two months, and then Murphy carries in the playoffs. I'm like, oh my god, they're not terribly far away because they got in the freaking World Series. What are they going to do to make this team better? And the first thing they did was let Daniel Murphy go, and I go. What? But you know what? What the hell just happened? But, but, but think about this. Yes, not re-signing Daniel Murphy was a big mistake. But what really derailed that team was that they couldn't keep all their pitchers healthy and pitching effectively. I mean, that was sure. That was the death knell because Matt Harvey was never the same after that game five. Uh, Noah Syndergaard was great in 2016, but Jacob DeGrom ended up getting hurt, so didn't pitch that right. final month. And so that rotation, which was the strength, I mean, the real reason... They made a run. Yeah, Daniel Murphy getting hot was amazing. But the real reason they made that run is they had an unreal starting rotation. And I think one thing we've learned in baseball is that, yeah, you want pitching, but relying on it is very tough. Relying on it being there is really, really tough. 
And that's what did that team in that guys were unable to stay healthy. We never got to see that rotation really pitch even close to that level ever again. Which is why 2016, when it was just like, I, that's low on my list. I forget where it is. But the point in 2016, it's like, it's not comparable. You you were surprised you got in the playoffs at that point in time. And you knew you weren't going to go far because yeah. just the injuries were just devastating. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, 2016 is ninth on my list. 